Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Lipeg, and in today's year we begin our study of Parshat Ekev with Koin, the first Aliyah. Before we begin our study of the Psukim, it's important to understand how Parshat Ekev fits in to the rest of Sefer Dvarim. Because our Parsha begins in the middle of a speech that Moshe Rabbeinu was giving to the nation a month before his death. He began that speech back in Parshat Etchanan in the beginning of chapter 5. And that speech is going to continue for 22 chapters until the end of chapter 26 in Parshat Kitavo. In other words, the speech that Moshe Rabbeinu was delivering is going to form the bulk of Sefer Dvarim. And that speech divides into two very distinct sections. One section is called HaMitzvah, the Mitzvah section. And that's going to be from chapter 6 to chapter 11. The second section is going to be called the Chukim Umishpatim. That's going to be the law section where Moshe is going to review all the laws that God taught him on Har Sinai to prepare B'nai Israel to conquer the land and establish the nation. In Parshat Ekev, we find ourselves in the middle of the Hamitzvah section and therefore, before we begin our study, we have to explain what this Hamitzvah section is about. Moshe Rabbeinu began his speech in chapter 5 by telling the people that they have to listen to the set of laws, these Chukim Umishpatim, that he's going to teach them and these are the laws that he received on Har Sinai during the first 40 days. Moshe reminded the people that God spoke to them directly, the Ten Commandments. But after the Ten Commandments were over, the people became fearful. And they begged Moshe Rabbeinu that he receive all the laws from God. And when he comes down and tells them what God said, they will accept and do everything that he says in the name of God. And when Moshe retells that story in chapter 5, if you take a look in Pasach Chavchet, in verse 28, in chapter 5, God tells Moshe Rabbeinu, tell the people to go back to their tents, and you stay right here with me, God tells Moshe, you stay right here with me in Har Sinai, and I'm going to teach you the mitzvah, the commandment, soon we'll explain what that is, and the chukim umishpatim, and the statutes and laws that the people have to keep in the land that they're going now to inherit. And then, in the beginning of chapter 6, Moshe explains, what's coming up now in the speech are the mitzvah and the chukim umishpatim that God commanded me to teach you when I was on Har Sinai during the first 40 days. The first opening commandment, which the speech is going to refer to as hamitzvah, the commandment, is what's called avat Hashem. The love of God, the fear of God, and the desire to want to keep His laws and be a faithful covenantal partner. This mitzvah section begins with the Shema Yisrael in chapter 6, verse 4, which we say every day, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, followed by Vaftat Hashem Elokecha, which is a commandment to love God and follow His mitzvot with dedication. And this mitzvah section is going to continue until the end of chapter 11, which we will find and study at the end of Parshat Ekev with the Bahayim Shemoah section, or the second parsha of Dele Kriyat Shema. Therefore, the end of Parshat Vetchanan and all Parshat Ekev is going to focus on Am Yisrael's relationship with God. Some of these sections that Moshe is teaching them is what God told him back on Har Sinai 40 years earlier. And we're also going to find in Parshat Ekev where Moshe Rabbeinu as their teacher, reminds them of the experiences of the 40 years in the desert that they have to learn from to make sure that they don't repeat the mistakes of the first generation. The Mitzvah section began with a commandment to love God and follow Him with all your heart and all your soul and continued with an explanation of why these laws are so important. And the last topic we discussed in chapter 7 in the end of Parshat Vet Hanan 
was a warning that when you conquer the land, make sure that the land does not conquer you. In other words, don't follow the idol worship of the Canaanite culture in the land that you're taking over. And now, Parshat Ekev is going to begin by explaining the reward and also the possible punishment. Should we keep the laws or should we not keep the laws? So this mitzvah section began with keeping the laws because it's the right thing to do, or the first parasha of Kriyat Shema. And we'll continue now with the reward and punishment, which will be an extra motivation to ensure that Am Yisrael will follow God in the right manner. And that's how our parasha begins now, in chapter 7 in Perak Zayin, Pasuk Bet, verse 12. Should you indeed follow all of these laws that he's going to teach them, beginning in Parsha Torah, you keep them and do them. Then God will keep for you the covenant and the kindness that He swore to your fathers. Now, the opening word ekev is very interesting. Chumash could have simply used the word im. If you keep my laws, then I'll reward you. I think this opening line goes back to Sefer Breshid when God speaks to Yitzchak Avinu in the beginning of Parsha Todot in Parachavav in chapter 26 in Breshid. And he tells him to stay in the land because he is the son of Avram who was chosen to continue the covenant. There God told Yitzchak in Pasuk Hay, in Perachavav, Ekev asher shama Avram b'koli v'yishmor mishmarti mitzvotai chukotai torotai." Because Avram kept my laws and followed me diligently, therefore I chose you, his son, to continue that covenant. Because Chumash in Sefer Breshit uses the word Ekev in the context of Yitzchak continuing the covenant that God made with Avram Avinu, describing how Avram Avinu was totally dedicated in his commitment to God, in that context, using the word Ekev in the beginning of our parsha is very meaningful. God continues now to explain what that reward will be. Va'ahi v'cha, God will love you. Again, if you love him, he will love you. Uve'rachacha dirbecha, he'll bless you and make you numerous. Uve'rach frivitnecha ufriyad matecha, he'll bless the fruit of your womb in other words, the children who will be born and the produce of your land, which includes the gancha v'tiroshcha your grain, the grapes, or the wine, and the oil coming from the olives. Shkara lefecha v'ashtrot your livestock, that is the calves of your herds and the lambs of your sheep. Al ha'adama asher And this blessing will come on the land that he had sworn to your forefathers to give you. This makes a lot of sense because the very reason why God chose our forefathers was in order that their offspring become this nation representing God. That's why God set aside the land for them. Therefore, God tells them, should you keep the laws, I will reward you by blessing the land and all of its produce. Baruch mikol amim, you'll be blessed from among all the nations. Lo yevacha akar vakara uvivemtecha. Among you and your livestock, no one will be sterile or barren. Feisir adonai mimcha kocholi, God will take away from you any type of sickness. All the terrible afflictions that are brought upon the Egyptians that you saw coming out of Egypt. God will not put those afflictions on you. Instead, He'll put those afflictions against those who hate you or your enemies. God will help you defeat or eat up all the enemies and the nations that God is giving you in the land of Canaan. Don't have mercy upon them. Don't serve their gods. They will become a stumbling block to you. God had already explained to the people back in Sefer Vayikra in chapter 18 that the reason why he's kicking out the nations of the land was because of the corrupt behavior and decadent culture. 
warning them, I'm allowing you to kick them out because of their sins. But should you repeat that behavior yourselves, you also will be thrown out. Pasuk Yitzayim, verse 17. Ki tomar bilvavecha. Should you say in your heart, Rabbim hagoyim ha'elamimeni, these nations are too numerous for me. Echa uchad horisham. How can I possibly be able to conquer them? Lot Don't fear them. Zuchor tizkor et asher asad lohecha lefaro lochomitzrayim. Remember what your God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. Egypt was a nation much greater than you, but because God was with you and helped you, you were able to defeat the entire Egyptian army when you left Egypt. God continues to explain the great miracles that you saw with your own eyes, the signs and the wonders, the strong hand and the outstretched arm, that God used when He took you out of Egypt. God will do this very same thing to all the nations that you're so fearful of. God is even going to send the tzira, a deadly hornet, or some type of insect, which brings a plague upon the inhabitants. Until God destroys all those who remained and those who are hiding from you. In other words, those people who you do not defeat in war and battle, God will bring this plague with insects to kill them as well. Do not fear them. Hashem, your God, He is a great and awesome God. Notice how Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing examples of events that happened when Amisar left Egypt. Even though he's talking to the generation now, 40 years later, where most of these people were not there when we left Egypt. So how can Moshe say that these are the things that you saw with your own eyes? The Sifri explains that this specific section is what God originally told Moshe Rabbeinu in Har Sinai during the first 40 days when he first received the Torah. These were the instructions and the promises that God had given the first generation in the hope that they would conquer the land. Moshe Rabbeinu was quoting verbatim what God told the first generation. And we're going to see in chapter 8, he's going to add his extra comment based on what happened in the last 40 years. As Moshe Rabbeinu explained back in Parshat Vethanan, when he began his speech, that these laws and instructions that he's teaching the people is what God first told him in Har Sinai 40 years back. Moshe is saying, here's what God told me 40 years ago. Unfortunately, that generation did not make it because of their sins. He explained that in his first speech in chapters 1 through 4, why the first generation failed and why it's been 40 years since these laws were first given. After quoting what God told him 40 years ago, we're going to see soon in chapter 8, he's going to continue and explain how this applies to the new generation after learning from their experiences in the 40 years in the desert. Moshe Rabbeinu continues now to explain how God is going to help them conquer the land. God is going to uproot these nations for you, little by little. If you defeat them too quickly, the wild animals would begin to swarm over the land. God will give your enemies before you. He will throw them into a terrible panic until they are destroyed. He'll put their kings in your hand. Then you'll be able to destroy their name or their reputation. No one will stand in your way until you destroy all of your enemies. When you defeat them, be sure to totally destroy and burn 
all of their gods. Don't covet the gold and the silver that those idols are made out of and take them for yourself. Don't allow that desire to bring you down because if you keep those gods and keep that gold and silver, that would be an abomination before Hashem, your God. Do not bring any of these abominations, any of these idols into your own home. Because if that happens, I'll have to destroy you like you're supposed to destroy them. Instead, you must shun them and totally abhor them because they should be considered an abomination by you as well. With this harsh warning, Moshe Rabbeinu concludes his quote of what God told him back in Har Sinai 40 years ago. Moshe Rabbeinu now, in chapter 8, is going to begin with an additional rebuke based on their experiences of the last 40 years in the desert. Perachet Pasuk Aleph, the beginning of chapter 8. Kol nasot. Moshe Rabbeinu again reminds the people, all this commandment that I'm commanding you, you must keep and guard carefully. Leman tichyun urvitem, in order that you stay alive and multiply. Uvatem virishtem etaaretz, asher lavotechem. And be worthy of coming and conquering the land that God has sworn to your forefathers. Make sure to remember all this way that God has led you during these last 40 years in the desert. Remember these 40 years in the desert which God has afflicted you in order to test you to know what is in your heart in order that He can determine whether or not you would be able to keep His mitzvot. Moshe Rabbeinu now is explaining to the people why God gave them such a difficult time in the desert. Their purpose was to prepare them for the challenges that are going to face them in the land of Israel. God afflicted you and He made you hungry. And then He gave you the man, a type of food that you had never seen before, nor had your ancestors ever seen such a food. Man does not stay alive only from the food that he eats, but rather what sustains man and what keeps him alive is what comes directly from God. There's always a danger when man brings his own food, he thinks he did it himself and hence he doesn't need God. In the desert, it was crystal clear to the people that the food is coming from God. Later, Moshe will explain, I put you through this desert experience to prepare you for the challenges of Israel because when you come to Israel, you'll be getting your food on your own. To know that even though there you'll be getting your food on your own, you should know beforehand food really comes from God and I'm giving you the ability to bring your own food. For that reason, God put them through this desert experience. Moshe Rabbeinu continues now. Pasuk Dalet, Simlatcha lo alecha, braglecha lo shana. These last 40 years, your clothing did not become tattered, nor had your feet become bruised, despite the harsh conditions in the desert. What are you supposed to learn from that? You should know in your heart, just like a father sometimes gives his child, his son, a hard time in order to train him to become independent on his own, in a similar way, God has given you a difficult time in order that you learn from those experiences so that when you come in the land, you'll serve God with the right attitude. Therefore, Pasuk Vav, Therefore, you must keep the commandments of Hashem your God 
Uli Raoto. To follow his ways, to emulate him, which we explained back in Sefer Breshit, to emulate God, to follow in his ways, was doing Tzedek Mishpat. That was in Perak Yudchet in Breshit, Pasek Yudchet, verse 19. And also to fear him. Ki Adonai Elohecha meviecha Eretz Tova, because Hashem your God is bringing you to a good land. Eretz Nachle Maim, Ayonot Utomot Yotzim Babikar Vahar, God's bringing you to a land that's flowing with water and gushing springs coming out in the valleys and the mountains. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu is explaining, I put you through this harsh desert experience where you had no water and no food unless God brought them in a miraculous manner. I put you through that experience because you're going to a land that appears to be that you don't need God. The land will provide for you all the water and the food you need. Eretz Chitau Sorah, a land of wheat and barley, Vigefen Utenavarimon, and grapes and figs and pomegranates. Eretz Zeit Shemen Udvash, a land with olives and olive oil, and a land with honey, honey coming from dates from Tmarim. This Pasuk is the famous Sevaminim, the seven species that the land of Israel was blessed with. Eretz, Asher Lobe Miskinut, Tochab Bah Lechem. This is a land where you will not need to eat your food in poverty. Lo Techsar Koba. There's nothing missing there. It has everything you need. Maybe not everything you want, but definitely everything you need. Not only does the land have enough food, but it also has stones which contain iron and mountains from which you can quarry the copper. Therefore, God tells him, You should eat from the land and become satisfied. However, after eating, becoming satisfied, After eating, you must bless Hashem your God for the good land that He's giving you. In tomorrow's Aliyah, We'll understand why Moshe Rabbeinu is explaining why the land is so bountiful because of the dangers that come with this bounty. We'll continue this discussion in our study tomorrow of Sheni, the second Aliyah.